I have a, a question for you this morning. How many of you believe that God is moving in these days that we're living? Hands high. Who, who believes that God is moving in this time that we're living? Who believes that when God moves, signs and wonders accompany and follow? Who wants to see more of the signs and the wonders? I want to see those things here. And I believe that God is moving in this hour and in this time. But I want to tell you first, you know, God is, is really stirring in our hearts. Sometimes if you, if you feel frustrated, you know, maybe you feel frustrated because your, your expectation didn't meet what you experienced and vice versa. Your experience is not what you expected. Sometimes you might feel frustrated because you know something's supposed to be a certain way and it's not. And sometimes God just wants us dissatisfied so that we're trying to fill our lives with all these different things and we're realizing there's nothing that satisfies like God. God is looking for a church and for a people who are hungry, who are spiritually thirsty because he wants to fill us. God wants to fill us with his spirit. God can't fill you if your cup is already full with everything that you've got going on in your life. God can't fill you if your cup is full by all the distractions that you've got going on. So God will bring us to a place of dissatisfaction so that we feel like we're empty, so bam, he can come and fill us up with his spirit and with his presence. And I'll tell you, when that begins to happen, God can move and God can have his way. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. God is stirring our hearts. Get ready. Some major things are coming. God is challenging us as a church. God is challenging us as a youth group, and we're moving forward. Acts chapter 2, and I want you to go to verse 14. Once you get to Acts 2.14, just look up at me and say, I got it. Let me tell you what's happening here. Jesus has already ascended. Jesus died, rose from the grave, met with all his disciples, appeared to 500 people, the Bible says. And then now he's already gone up into heaven. And Jesus, before he left, he said, listen, do not move until you receive the Holy Spirit. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power. And what happens here is that they have received the Holy Spirit and they have begun to speak in different tongues. There were people all over, from all over the world that were in this place of Jerusalem. And they were speaking. Each person was speaking in a different language. So there were people uh, speaking in native tongues of different people from all over the world. And you can read that in Acts chapter 1. And so the people are saying, what's going on? It's only like 9 o'clock. These folks must be drunk. It's crazy that this is happening. And what we're about to pick up on is the apostle Peter stands up and says, listen, remember, it's only 9 o'clock. We're not drunk. We're filled with the Spirit. So read with me in verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heard by my words. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet of Joel. You know there's a book in your Bible under the prophets called Joel. That's a prophecy book. That This is what, what Peter's referring to. This is what he says. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Everyone say last days. Now, if Peter's saying this is going to happen in the last days and Peter's saying this is happening in his time, we're now 2,000 years out of Peter. Are we in the last days? We're in the last days. 
Peter was saying in the time that he was living 2,000 years ago were the last days. So you can believe we're in the last days. And it shall come to pass in the last days, verse 17 says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that as you study out the book of the Acts of the Apostles, as the first century church went around preaching the gospel, they had accompanying with them the signs and the wonders. They laid hands on the sick and the sick recovered. They prophesied and they spoke of what God told them to speak. But the reason that happened was because they were hungry. We cannot sit here in these black chairs and just think we're satisfied and think we're good enough and think we're okay where we are. We need to be hungry and we need to be desperate. It's okay okay to be hungry and it's okay to be desperate because we need to fill that emptiness and fill that void with God and with his Holy Spirit. So I believe that God is moving and in fact I am praying and believing for a spiritual awakening and a spiritual revival right inside of our hearts, in our hearts. And that doesn't happen by just sitting there in the chair. It happens by getting up and doing what God tells you to do. If God challenges you and puts a word in your heart, he's going to open your mouth so that you can speak it. But you have to allow him. And so I've been praying. Unbeknownst to you guys, I've been praying. People have been praying for a spiritual revival and for an awakening in our hearts, and God is doing it. God is doing it right now. I believe that God is speaking to you, but you have to allow him to use you. You have to allow him to speak to you. And uh, Daniel, I just want to invite you up right now. Daniel came to me this morning, and Daniel said, you know, Mr. Kirk, God has given me a word, and I want to share that word. But before Daniel shares that word, I want you to understand that Paul tells us that, or, or actually it's, it's Peter that tells us, that in a house there are all different types of vessels. And you need to understand that what you're looking at right here is not our friend and our brother Daniel. What you're about to hear is from the Spirit of God. So don't look at the vessel, okay? Look at the, listen to what the Spirit of God is saying because we all can, you know, get caught up on different vessels. God wants to speak to you. And I, I heard this and read this this morning, this word from God this morning, and it resonated with my heart. It's exactly what God is saying to me. So I want to pass the mic on to Daniel and just allow him to share this word from God with you. Now is not the time to feel condemned. Now is the time to rise up and take your place in the kingdom of heaven and as sons and daughters of God. I have empowered you through my Holy Spirit with my might to conquer all that you face in every area of life. I have created you for greatness. Do not retrieve what is in the trash. You are kings and queens of my kingdom. You walk in my authority. You have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. Do not feel or believe that you are condemned, for I have given you my name, the name above all names. Use my name for my glory, for you will receive a reward if you do not sway from the truth. Therefore I say to you, rise, gird yourself with my armor, and be leaders of this generation. This is legitimate. This is no game. We are in a war. 
It is your job to fight and trust your leader, my son, Jesus Christ. If you cease to trust me, you will lose the battle. But the battle is already won. It is your decision whether or not you will claim the victory I have won and made available to you. Take your place, for I am the Lord your God who has called you to serve. I will not allow you to be defeated, but you must choose my way, says the Lord. Amen. Let's just take a moment and thank you for his word right now. Father, we thank you that you're speaking in these last days. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit is being poured out upon all flesh. And your young men, your young women, your daughters, your sons are prophesying. Your daughters and sons are seeing vision. The old men are having dreams, Father. Thank you. Thank you for your spirit being poured out in these last days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, there's a word that really resonated there with me from what, what God shared with Daniel. You know, last week we began talking about responsibility and taking responsibility not only for yourselves but for others. And this morning I want to continue talking about responsibility, but in the sense where we begin to take responsibility for where we are in life and spiritually. You see, one of the greatest lies that the enemy, your adversary, the devil, wants you to believe sitting in those chairs right now is, listen, you know, you don't have to really live for God right now. Sure, God's real. Don't deny him. But, you know, have fun right now. And when you get older, you know, then make a decision. Just before you get married, you know, give your life to the Lord. Get all crazy. Do that Jesus stuff. No, listen, the time is now. The time is now, and you got to shake off that lie, and you got to press on and say, listen, forget about what the world is selling me. Time is short, and time is limited, and I need to do what God's called me to do. And so as we mature in Christ, that means that we have to take responsibility for where we are. Now, my father last week sent me a, a, a letter, a newsletter from a guy by the name of Bill Perkins. Bill Perkins has written several books, and one of which I loved was called The Six Battles Every Man Must Win. It's an excellent book. Who's, any of you guys read that book? Good. Noah read it. It's an excellent book, guys. It's short, it's easy, and it's true. A lot of things we need to stand up and win is men. And Bill says, we need to recognize, well, what Bill said actually really struck a chord with me, and so I wanted to share this with you. Would you go ahead and bring up that first First illustration. Let me move this microphone out of the way. Now, tell me what, what it is that you see right here. What is this? What's that? Okay, some, what have you said? Dots and lines and the other. And, and no, that's good. That, that, that's exactly what I want. I wanted a basic answer. And the other one said, it's a graph, you idiot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you said both? Oh, so you're one of two people. You are one and the same. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Chris. I was like, sorry about that. What we have here, exactly, let me recover myself, please, is, uh, is dots and lines, and we really have a graph. And I want to say this. This graph represents our life, not our age of 0 to 100. I don't know how long you're going to live. No one, no one of us really knows exactly how long we're going to live. But this graph really represents our spiritual life. You know, so maybe that 25 mark is when, not the age, but the percent. Maybe that 25 mark is when you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And that puts you on the map. And maybe a couple years, you know, you're really going strong, and all of a sudden you begin to dip down. Not too much, but, you know, you, you, you hit a slump in your life, and so you dip down a little bit. But then you shoot right back up. Now you're at 35%. And, you know, you know I'm not going back. I'm not going to do the same things I used to do. I'm going to continue on. And so you see how it kind of levels out a little bit, still dipping down. Then you shoot way up to about 65 Then you have a tremendous drop back down to about 49 or 45 
But then from there on, you're straightforward. One of the things that Bill Perkins said that struck a chord with me is that we need to realize that our spiritual life and spiritual victory is a line and not a dot. Our spiritual victory is a line and not a dot. Let's go to our next graph. This is just a dot on the graph. There's no point of reference. In fact, you can't tell. You may not be able to see. This graph does not go up to 100 like the other one does. This is just one at 65. And, and sometimes what we do in our spiritual life, after we get saved, we might hit a tough time. We might hit a slump. And then we start to measure ourselves from where we are on that dot, forgetting that our spiritual life is a big line. And as long as we remain upward progress, and as long as we continue in forward motion, we are on the right path. The enemy not only wants to deceive you, but he wants to get you to feel condemned. He wants you to feel bad about where you are right now. He wants you to feel like you have missed it at 12 and at 14, at 16 and 18. He wants you to feel like you are so far off the beaten path that God cannot love you, cannot use you where you are. And what happens is we go right to that. We begin seeing ourselves where we are and all that is is one dot on the map. Go back to the, to the other graph, please, Brianna. This is how God wants, to see our, wants us to begin to see our lives. Because when we look at our lives from that line, we're not going to feel condemned. We're going to realize that life is a process. And even though we hit some slumps and some downtimes, we remain in forward progress. What I want to do right now is I want to break just a couple minutes. And I want you to turn in your groups around you. And I want to talk about these dips. Everyone say peaks. Say valleys. That's what you have demonstrated here. And even in the world, when you travel through and you look at the mountains, you can see a mountain from a peak to peak. And as you look in between the peaks, there's always a valley. And in life, we go through valleys. That's this dot, that dot, and the other dot. What, are, what causes these low times in our life? That's what I want to begin to discuss right now. Answer this question. What are, the, what are some things that happen in life that cause the low times, the down points. Turn to the group, the people around you. Begin to discuss this. To groups of three, four, people right next to you. All right, does everyone have at least one answer? Okay, good. Did you ladies get... Did, did you ladies get discussed that too? Or? Okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. What I want to discuss is what are, the, what are some things that happen in our walk with God that cause us to hit a slump? Okay, what did you guys come up with here? Is a whole group right here? Okay, what did you come up with? Listen up, everybody. Okay, Brianna, as they're talking, I'm going to tell you to write certain ones down on, this, on the screen because I want to come back to them, and I don't want to forget them. Write down sin and guilt. So sin is the main point. Guilt is the bullet. Okay. Oh, you. Okay, don't miss what Noah's saying here. When you say, say it nice and loud. Yep, when you sin, you experience the guilt. You feel the guilt and you feel like God can't pull you out of where you're at. What did, those are great. What did you ladies come up with?
Okay, so write down under sin, write down separation. Okay, that's like, I'm going to give you bullets. We've got sin, we've got guilt, we've got separation. What did you ladies come up with? So another top level one would be influences. Very good. Anything else, or just that's another top level loss, experiencing loss. Absolutely. How about you, ladies? Okay. Under influence, right? Questioning faith, questioning God. Those are great gentlemen in the back here. Would you guys come up with? Okay, so uh, any type of, like, you can write down, like, substance abuse, anything like that. Very good, gentlemen. What did you guys come up with here? Okay, so under media, you can do a top-level media and then distraction. Bad company corrupts good judgment. So we go right back to influences, right? So it's getting around the right friends. What did you folks come up with here? guys are having church over here. Um, write down, I'm going to make up a word here. Write down, Brianna, you can top level comfortability. I'm going to make that word up. You can add it to the dictionary. Comfortability, because that's going to help me remember. And then what's the second thing? Losing sight of God. Very good. How about you guys? What'd you come up with? The negative aspects of life. So going back to what they might have said, loss. So, okay. Good. And what else, what else other than loss do we experience in life that, gives, that causes a setback? Is there anything else other than like, I know loss is so big. That's good. We'll keep with that, loss. Okay, uh, you group, this group right here, all these guys, what would you guys come up with? Um, we came up with like the opposite sex can sometimes distract. Distract. Yeah, yeah. What, do you have distractions as a top layer there? Why don't you create distractions as a top layer, and then under that put, um, put uh, huh, how can we say that? Put down attractive people. No, but that's great, because under, under sin, you can put depression, okay? Sin, depression, that's what wait, they say, guilt will cause you to get down there. Absolutely. Great job, guys. Death. So under loss, we have death. That's good. That's really important. Uh, what did you ladies come up with? So right under influences, friends, society. Trying to fit in. That's an excellent one. Make sure we get down there. Okay. Good. Very good. Okay. Now, if you could bring that up for me, because I want to take these piece by piece. Whether or not we can get into them all today, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm not sure if you understand. Did you? Okay, one second processing. Here we go. I want you to, because we're going to take the first one, I want you to do this with me. We're going to open up to Romans chapter 8. Follow me for a second to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 
Miss Shannon, when we get to loss, just remind me about that. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Are you there? Say, I got it. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Rome here, and this is what he says. So listen, there is therefore now no condemnation. Everyone say, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. See, that's the requirement. That's the prerequisite. So we don't need to raise our hand and say how many of us have sinned because all of us can raise our hand, the other hand, and our feet too at the same time. We've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. When you sin, Paul is saying, listen, you don't need to feel condemned. Here's the reason why. Because those who have received Christ Jesus do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We don't walk according to the flesh anymore. We walk according to the Spirit. So one of the things that I want you to realize is when you sin and when you fall short, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that we all sin and we all fall short. And the problem that we as Christians don't know what to do, see, the world has it easy. They're like, yeah, I'm a sinner. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm even going to hell too. Don't really care. So they think they've got it easy. But as Christians, we sometimes, we mess up and we say, oh, man, what am I going to do? Well, now I want you to understand, first of all, you don't need to feel condemned. And here's the reason why. Follow me over to the book of 1 John. 1 John is in the, uh, the continuing the New Testament. Go to the right. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John is before 2 and 3 John, also after the books of Peter, and just before the book of Jude. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I really put you ladies to work back there, huh? We're still under the topic of sin. 1 John 1, 9. Who has it and wants to read it? Okay, Julia, go ahead. 1 John 1, 9. Okay, just after if we. What's that key word there? If we confess. Everyone say confess. You know, when you read about David, last week I told you about David, right, and the sin that David committed. Well, David said, when I didn't confess my sin, God, your hand was so heavy upon me. And sometimes what we're feeling when we don't confess our sin is the conviction of God's Holy Spirit. And even further, what happens is the enemy tries to make us feel condemned. But if we're really children of God and Jesus is our Lord, we don't have to feel condemned, but we do have to do something. When we sin, we need to make sure we confess what we have done. And just as Julia read, it says here in 1 John 1, 9, when you confess, God is faithful and just that he will forgive you. And not only that, but he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, a lot of people say that's like wiping the slate clean. How many of you have ever cleaned a chalkboard? Or in your days, uh, a dry erase board. How many of you know that unless you, uh, uh, even if you get the wet cloth, there's still some remnants of that chalk on there, isn't there? No matter how hard you clap those erasers, there's still some remnants. That's not what God does. God doesn't wipe the slate clean because you and I know there's some remnants there. God goes like this. Okay, here's the slate. Okay, I'm going to take that slate. I'm going to put it over here in the fire and cover that with the blood of Jesus. Oh, and by the way, here's a brand new slate. God gives you a new slate. And see, that's what we have to begin to understand. When we confess, you know, I know you may not understand this, but anytime somebody's caught in an addiction, they cannot be helped, whether it's drugs or sex or alcohol. They tell you the first thing, and you guys might know this, what's the first part of the road to recovery? Just shout it out. Admitting. 
Confession. That's what admission is. When you admit you have a problem, you're confessing. And it's at that point that you stop trying to cover it up and say, listen, I've got a problem here, God, and it's called sin, and I need some help. So we have to understand that all we need to do is just begin to confess. And once we do that, we uncover the mess that we're in, and we allow God to work in there. So I want to encourage you right now, just allow God to minister to you right where you are and stop feeling condemned. Stop feeling condemned. The other thing that I know that I want to get to, you guys said a lot of different things. We always talk about media. We always talk about influences. But I want to talk to you about something else that's real. What about loss? And I don't just mean the loss of a family member or a friend. I mean loss. I'm going to say something that might rattle some of you. What about when you pray and what you ask God for doesn't happen or doesn't happen the way that you expect it? So you can't talk about that in church. Oh, yes, I can. What about when you go through a hard time and you look up and say, God, are you really there? That's the loss that many of us as Christians experience. That's what brings us down. Can you bring that graph up? Thank you. Great job, by the way. So we see sin, separation, depression, guilt, loss. I really believe that loss is one of the major contributing factors that brings us down to these low parts. We get to a place in our Christian walk where we feel like maybe God is not there. Maybe he hasn't heard our prayer. And what I want you to understand is that the Bible actually teaches us what we should do in those times. And so there's two scriptures that I want you to go to, just like we went to two scriptures a minute ago. I would like you to, if you're, well, you're in the book of 1 John, so do this with me. Go over to, um, I have to remember where I was going to go. Well, I know we're going to Romans 5. Oh, well, you're in the book of John, so go to James. Go back a couple books to the left. Go to the book of James. What do you do when you hit a rough patch? James is just before the book of Peter. What do you do when you experience loss? Whether it's the loss of a family member or a friend or whether it's the loss you feel like you've lost in your relationship with God. You feel like God hasn't heard your prayer and he hasn't answered your prayer. Well, the first thing I want you to realize, if you're in James 1, say, I got it. The first thing I want you to realize is that God hears every prayer. God hears every prayer. He hears the cry of our heart. And we can rest assured that he has heard us when we pray. The other thing that we have to realize is we don't always understand why we may not receive. And we have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Okay? And the most important thing that you realize is when you experience loss, know that you're in a trying time. And that's what James writes about here. In James chapter 1, verse 2, James says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? How can you count it joy when you're in the most difficult time in your life? How? Here's the reason. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That word perfect means mature. You see... I don't believe that God brings the storms into our life. But I believe that God can grow you through that stormy process. I believe that God can develop you and grow you as you go through that trying time. If you always know, if you never know what it's like to lean on God when you feel like no one else is there, 
If you always feel like, uh, how do I say this here? What, what, what James is saying is that you can count it joy because you know that something good is being produced in you, and that's spiritual maturity. And that begins what we talked about, taking responsibility for where you are. And this morning, locate yourself somewhere on that graph. Where are you? Are you in a peak right now? Or are you in a tough, a tough time? Are you in a valley? If you're in a valley, number one, look right here and say, you can trust God that through this dark time, he's producing something good in you. Now go over to Romans 5. And Romans 5, 3 says the same thing. Paul, who writes Romans 5, says the same thing. All of us will experience loss. All of us will experience valleys in our life. What do we do when we hit those times? Romans 5, 3, when you get there, say, I got it. Romans 5, 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Again, what? How can you glory in tribulation? Because we know that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character. Man, isn't that something that we as the church need? We as men and women, we need character. We can't be like the world. We need character, and character produces hope. And that's what Pastor John mentioned upstairs. We need that hope, and that hope is built by character. And so when you find yourself in a tough time, you can, well, that's what I want to talk about. So we talked about what causes some of those tough times. Go back in those same groups and now begin to answer. What are the things that you need to do when you find yourself in a valley, in a low point? How can you recover from the low point? And not even, not even recover. Don't go to that one just yet. What can you do when you find yourself in a low point? Let's talk about that. Go ahead. All right. Let's answer this question. What do you do in the low time? Here we go. Everyone listen up. We're going to direct our attention right over here. What do you do in the low time, guys? Okay, so replacement, take whatever you have to take away, fill it with something in the positive, whether it's addiction or whatever got you to that point. Good, good answer. How about you ladies right up here? Okay, so again, if you find yourself there and you know you're there, Focus more on the positive things. Focus on Jesus. Read your Bible. Okay. Okay, so get, this is great. Get help from the church. Get help from people who can build you up. Great answer. How about you, ladies? That's an excellent point, especially if you've been by, betrayed by somebody and then you know Jesus says you have to love them and pray for them. That's really hard. You want to just push it off, but actually doing that's a great point. Excellent. Great job. Ladies? Okay, so trust God, pray, read your Bible, surround yourself with godly people. Good. Gentlemen, right over here, what'd you come up with?
So uh, there were several that you said that other people said, but I like the first one, and that's receive what God is telling you in that low time. That's probably one of the most important things when you find yourself in a low period to receive what it is God is telling you. Gentlemen, what'd you come up with? Good. So great answers there. Great answers. How about you? Right up here, guys. I was hoping somebody would say that. I was hoping I didn't have to be the one to bring it up. But if it's not, if it's not something, this is so important. I want to pause right here. If it's not something where you know how you got there, anyone ever just, you know, for a couple of days begin to feel depressed? You don't necessarily know how you got there, right? That's a great point. Ask God Lord, how did I get here? Because then God can bring you back and show you what brought you to that place. Great job. How about you guys up here? That's good. So you're talking about taking the steps to get yourself out of that low point. Recognize what's wrong. And then begin to take the steps to get there. Good. How about you guys right over here in this group? What'd you guys come up with? See, that's what I was trying to say earlier, and I felt like I was going off the wrong path. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Sometimes it's those darkest and lowest points that show us how close God really is and how, how far away from him we be without him, how much we need him. That's excellent. You look like you want to say something. Yeah. Yes. That's excellent. This is you guys are so on the right right path here. What about you ladies? What'd you come up with? Realize you have to change and pray that God will get you through it. See, what I really like about what everything that you guys said is you understand you have a part to play. You understand that you're not just gonna pray and God's gonna take everything away. God's going to move some things in your life, but he's also going to require you to do some work. And it's so important that you can understand that. You know, and, and if you can really grasp that, then you know that when you pray, you know that God's going to lead you and show you what you should do. Let's go right back to where we've been spending our entire day. I want you to go back to that graph. The last point I want to communicate to you today in that graph is that this graph, remember always, is your perspective. This is not necessarily God's perspective. You see, you and I, when we go through a hard time, we think our faith is down here or here or here. And the truth is, sometimes, as Chris said, it's those real trying times that show us that we really recognize God is right there by our side. And remember, this is our perspective. Maybe God only sees a curve going up. Maybe there's never any dips. Now, obviously, if there's addiction and things that we do wrong to get ourselves in a mess, but if we're just living life doing what's right and bad things come on us and bad things happen, remember, this is just our perspective. God loves you this morning, and he wants you to realize that your growth in your spiritual life is not a dot on that graph, 
but it's a line. And as long as, as long as your line remains in upward progress, God will continue to use you and show you things that he has for you. Would you bow your heads this morning and close your eyes? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just ask right now that you would move on every heart here. Lord, you've already prepared our hearts, and you've already been stirring our hearts. And so, Father.